This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Jason Whitwick is in the end zone. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. Here are Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus, Rob Phillips, and Taylor Stern. Welcome, everybody, to Talkin' Tuesday. Of course, we are back with lots to talk about after Super Bowl 52. So lucky to be joined by these guys today because they are going to bring the heat as we get in to talk about the strong Eagles win. Who would have seen that coming? I don't know what's what's stronger, the hate from the Cowboys fan base or the cowbell in our opening. I just don't know. <laughs> but we have lots to talk about. Was it a catch? We'll answer that because mm-hmm. Mickey has all the answers. Absolutely. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, I always do. The okay. beginning of the end for the Patriots. We'll answer that. <laughs> Taylor Peters. just writing off the pets. The Patriots. The Patriots. It's the over. Peterson play calls. Try saying that 10 times fast. There you go. And then what it means for the NFC East. And we'll get into Mickey's column about some of these heartbreak, heartbreak kids known as the Dallas Cowboys. And, of course, T.O., Hall of Famer. Everson Walls. How about that? Fortunately mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Should have been. Mm-hmm. And then more Dak pushing for Kellen Moore. We we saved the Kellen Moore talk really for you, Rob. Oh, good. I'm yeah. glad to be back to Mickey discuss Kellen Moore. To get Is this an it. hour show? We got three hours going today. We got three hours. On. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. And Cheeto changed his number. I mean, that's probably <laughs> top of the hour here for me at least. But yes. Eagles won the Super Bowl 41-33, beating the Patriots, denying Tom Brady his sixth Super Bowl. What are your thoughts? How are you digesting this on a Tuesday at the end of the NFL football season? Crickets. Well, I think I picked the Eagles to win. You did. Except for before the playoffs began. I picked them to get the Super Bowl. Oh, and, yeah. then I, and then I changed my mind. He gave him the out. He did. He did. He yeah. did. Oh, no. But no, we had to pick who was going to win the game. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mickey's right, though. Prior to the playoffs. Oh, really sure starting, it did. Nobody trusted, nobody trusted Nick Foles. Are you kidding me? I'm not sure I trusted him going into the Super Bowl. No, but that, to me, you know what was surprising about the Super Bowl was the Eagles' defense or lack of. I thought that was going to be if they if they were going to win this game, it was going to be because of their defense. Yeah, you know that Tom Brady they had zero punts. Yeah, he never had to punt during that's that in, game. That's incredible. Five hundred five yards passing. Offense wins championships. That's what they say, right? Yep. Mm. Can you believe that? Don't forget it. Yeah, scoring points. Although now, Derek, score points. Defense got them there. Was the first sack at the end of the game? Was that really the first sack? Yeah. It felt like the only, the only play sack. they made against Tom Brady. Yeah, pretty much. But then Nick Foles is just so tricky, Nick. He's just crazy. Tricky Nick's a pretty good one. Yeah. He was uh he was incredible and I mean we're gonna get into Doug Peterson and what he did, his coaching job. I mean, the first thing I thought of was Dak friendly is the new term around here. How are we gonna make this offense Dak friendly? And the Eagles were about as Foles friendly as you could imagine in that game. They blocked Tremendously for him. Who's the left tackle that replaced um, Bytai? Bytai. TCU, TCU lad. Did an excellent job. They've got two studs at running back. They've got receivers laying out all over the place to make catches for him. Um, really good group of tight ends, too. Yeah. I mean, Foles was really, the play calling was excellent. You know, they did a lot of things to help him. And it really, to me, it started in that divisional round against Atlanta when he was struggling. And they went to those RPOs, and, and he kind of got into a rhythm, and he kind of took off from there. I mean, 
they did everything around him to, to help make him successful. And I think that when you look, try to apply that to what the Cowboys need to do, it's, they're a good template for it. They really are. Corey Clement, did anyone see him having a day? Did anyone predict? I guarantee you, if you Are watched you? any NFL pregame show, they were not saying Corey Clement is today's guy. I guarantee you that. Nice yeah. to have a toy at running back, huh? Yeah, undrafted rookie out of Wisconsin. Well, they, you know what? It, to be honest with you, you talked about catch or no catch. That looked like a no catch to me. I agree. You know, I, yeah, I thought Ertz's was a catch. But yeah, yeah, that one. Was I mean, the ground though, yeah, Rob. Well, it, it, it did. Yeah, see, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But you know, with Clement though, they've they've used three running backs all year. I mean, they they've used running backs. That's 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 kind of the way they play. So, but yeah, I mean, but you look at what Blunt and Ajaye did, ninety and fifty-seven yards respectively as well. You could say all their backs played well. Now that's and that's kind of what they you know and. And Rob was talking about it, the Nick Foles-friendly offense. You get a 90-yard rusher, a 57-yard rusher. You get a, another running back that has 100 yards in receptions. I mean, my gosh. That's, you get Alshon that, Jeffrey just, you know, plastic man stretching out to make these sure. amazing catches. They, they, sure. they laid it all out there for him. They yeah. Really did. Yeah, and special teams also. I mean, they missed four points in the first half from a missed field goal, the weird hold thing yeah. that yeah. happened, and then the missed extra point, which you just – rarely see from Steven Goskowski. Mm-hmm. So, well, but that's, that just shows you though, the Super Bowl and, you know, maybe the pressure, you know, the pressure gets to these players and especially the kickers, you know, and they were complaining about that logo. Yeah. The that Super Bowl it was, logo on the they, field. They did some work on it before the game. Well, they forgot the hash marks. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, forgot to put it in the middle of it. Forgot to put the hash marks down over the logo. We need you back at the Super Bowl, Mick, to go to, to go tell us. I should have been there, right? George should Toma. Have been there. Now, guys, if you didn't know, it was cold last week. If you didn't <laughs> see anything, it was cold, but that did not stop the game. The game went on. You indoor. had enough of those tweets. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Where people like, take a screenshot of oh, the temperature on their app. It was essentially a humble brag. Because it was, hey, I'm at the Super Bowl. Look how cold it is because my iPhone reads the temp. I'm here. Right. That's basically what they Wasn't said. Wasn't much different than the last time they had the Super Bowl there. Yeah, yeah, 1991. Except, you know, we saw a good game. Right. Well, you know, to me, I, you know, I, you got to give, you got to give the Eagles a lot of credit. You really, really do. I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 hard to sit here as, as you know, Cowboy fans and and want to say that, but you know, you look at the way they were able to overcome a lot of injuries. You know, that's something we talk about depth. We talk about issues with there. You know, with Hey, you know, you have a, a, a left tackle now that, you know, you, you you think, hey, we drafted this kid. He's, you know, fifth-round guy. All of a sudden we plug him in, and he plays like a Pro Bowl-type player. Yeah, that's a good question because we were having a debate yesterday. Maybe you were part of this. We were talking about, you know, the 1 through 22 for the Cowboys and the Eagles, fairly similar. But then it seems like 23 through 53 yeah. are vastly different. Is that true, or what would you think on that statement? Well, they're obviously their backup. Offensive tackle was much better than the whatever the Cowboys solution the Cowboys had. Absolutely, or a backup offensive tackle who absolutely ruined uh, the offense the second half of the season. Middle linebacker when Tyron Smith wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, middle linebacker. They gave up 500 yards passing. Yeah, to Tom Brady. They, they, well, okay, they did a hell of a job. But defensively it's still 500 to get to the Super yards. Bowl. No one's thrown for 500 yards in a uh, Super Bowl. I think where it makes the difference. So they had a chance to lose the Atlanta game and made a play on the goal line. Yeah, they, defensively, that's where, the, that's where the defense. They you know, they and, did an excellent job. And we've seen defense. and we've seen Matt Ryan a couple of times 
you know, I know light up the Cowboys. So I, I've always respected what what the Atlanta Falcons are able to do on defense on offense. Excuse me, but you got to give the the reason why that the Fal uh, the keep saying it the uh, Eagles are here is because of their defense. I, I believe that, especially especially in the playoffs, what they were able to do against Minnesota, what they were able to do against, you know, I think that uh, against Atlanta, I think that's why they're here. That's why they mean, but yeah, it, it was they, that now that Mickey's right. The Super Bowl one is, wasn't their finest hour. Jim Swartz would probably admit that. But I think the reason that they got here at the end was because of that defense. You know, so, how go good, how good was New England, the, their defense? Like, who's their best defensive player? Well, he was sitting on the sidelines. Malcolm Butler. That's so yeah, strange. Yeah. yeah, well, he should have behaved himself all week. Oh, sure. And that's yeah, but, but he's their best defensive player. He's yeah. I mean the the thing. I mean that that that's not a great defensive team though, Mickey. That it, it really isn't. Well, there wasn't one well, Pro Bowler on it. Uh, overall though, well, who, but, g- but, give me their guy. Who who's their guy that was going to turn the game around defensively? Um, the nose tackle. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. It, it's what's it, your point? My point is. New England's pretty darn good offensively, right? Oh, no, absolutely. Defensively? Yeah. Remember when we had the argument about they got to play six games this year against Miami, Buffalo, and 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 the Jets? Uh, Jets looked decent. Buffalo was a Somebody team. correct me if I'm wrong out there, but I think that this in 19 games this year that the, the, the Eagles had not given up a point in the last two minutes of a game. That's – wow. Wow. That says something about their defense. Yeah, I guess I'd be right if you look at the Rams game, too. New England had to patch things together, to your point, Mick. The first month of the season, I think they were giving up 30 a game. Yeah, they were bad. They were really bad. They did a better job as they went on. I don't, yeah, you're right. I don't know if they were overly. Got their defensive coordinator, head coaching job. Yeah, I mean, they did a good good enough job. Detroit feels good about that. What's that? You think Detroit feels good about that? Uh, It's kind of interesting hire. Interesting hire. Yeah. They're going to keep that offensive staff together up there, it sounds like, though. Which they like, but to your point, Tay, about talking about depth, I think one difference that you can draw from Philly and Dallas, and this is just a fact. I mean, we've talked about some of the bargain type free agents the Cowboys signed; they didn't pan out, and and the Eagles signed some guys yes. in the off season that really panned out for them. And even in the season, Jay Ajayi. Yeah, well, that was a trade. They they yeah. they, they made. Yeah. That's the other thing too. They got aggressive. They made some trades to add some people. Jay Ajayi, uh, Jernigan was one. Right. Uh, but you look at some of the guys they signed uh-huh. f- for low low money. Alshon Jeffrey was one. I think he's got one year deal. Yeah, since. right. Corey Smith. Corey Smith. Chris Long. Foles was Foles signed in the offseason? I can't remember. He what. was because well, yeah, Doug, he Doug was. Peterson got the job. Yeah, I mean signed they they kind of had the Midas touch this past offseason. Everything they did seemed to work, and and you got to give them credit for it. They they just they they set up their team the right way. They were they were equipped to handle injuries and they did a great job. Coaching. Where it's funny because then you look on the other side with the Giants and you think, oh, they did the same thing, and they were three and thirteen. Mm-hmm. It might have been because they were just dancing at practice. We're not sure. We're not sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cute. I got you, didn't I, Mick? Cute was the best ad of the Super Bowl without a doubt. That's what they said, except it was for the <laughs> NFL, so it seems a little that's, hijinks. That's true. That's true. But Brian pointed out too, I think on Twitter. I mean, Doug Peterson and the Eagles—they went seven and nine the year before. That's yeah. kind of the way the NFL works. Now the question is, can they turn around and, and build the, some type of dynasty? Does the schedule 
matter? No. Oh. Doesn't matter? No, not at all. I don't know. The Eagles, who they have to play next year in first place? No, they got a lot of them. They got every, just everybody that's finished first. They get to get. So. so they get the Rams? Yeah. They get who else? Well, the Rams. Saints the, what, or who, Panthers? Who, who, who finished? Minnesota won, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, it's to me, it, it is – it's going to be – that's the challenge. That's the challenge every year. Remember when the Cowboys had a little quarterback controversy between Tony Romo and Dak? It was it was pretty small. It wasn't the storyline of most of the season. Remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm, okay. Imagine if you're the Eagles right now and you have a quarterback controversy of who is going to be your quarterback. Carson Wentz, who is going to likely be an MVP – finalist if not the MVP and then Nick Foles just carries you through the rest of the season gets you to the playoffs gets you to the Super Bowl wins the first Super Bowl something Donovan McNabb couldn't even do and some of the greats that have played for Philadelphia they're gonna build him a statue right He's a he's a he's they a legend did for now. Rocky who yeah. doesn't Broad exist Street. in real life yeah so you know, a fictional character yeah if one to Nick too so they're gonna trade him this could be very much well, it'd be a move-on situation. We've seen it before. The Ravens did it with Trent Dilfer. You know, he wins a Super Bowl, and they move on, you know, drafted Joe Flacco. Hey, what, so, though? I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of where, you know, you, 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 clearly it's Carson Wentz's team. But, you know, do you protect yourself? I think the money for both of them is only like around $7 million, so no reason to move on if you don't want to. Why not protect yourself another year? Yeah. But if you if you want to strike while the iron's hot – you know, that maybe the, you know, this is the way the Eagles get back and get, you know, get a pick or two. I don't know if anybody will necessarily, they might trade. There's enough quarterbacks in this draft that if you're kind of a needy team, you know, would you take Nick Foles or would you take Kirk Cousins? If you're a quarterback, if you're a quarterback, if you're a team needing a quarterback. Cost is going to be a hell of a lot different, right? Yeah. Foles has got one Josh year Allen. left on his deal. Yeah. Josh, or draft a guy. Yeah. Foles has got one year left on his deal for like $8 million cap hit. Mm-hmm. So... Not a lot of money. Who are the biggest teams that you can think of right now that really desperately need a solid quarterback? With the Jets. Now, look at all those teams that are Not big. Bryce Petty, okay? Well, I mean, that, that's a team of collection of, yeah, and, that, and that's a guy. I mean, that's a, there's a team, you know, Christian Hackenberg's at that team, too. I mean, they've, they've, they've tried to collect they've tried to collect quarterbacks, and they haven't. How about the Giants at, uh, at two? Arizona? I mean, Arizona's a team at 15. Absolutely. Or what about a team that some view is one quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl, Jacksonville. See, if I depends on if you believe in Bortles or not. What about the Dallas Cowboys, Ooh, Vikings, <laughs> Vikings are one too. I th- That's another one. Feel strong with Cooper Rush. <laughs> oh, you're talking about for? Oh, a you're talking about a backup. We're looking at starting. Yeah, I, I, I was. If everybody I, needs, if a I was cousins, I was looking at that, but when you said one quarterback away, if I was going to cut, if I was cousins, I would look hard at Jacksonville or Minnesota. I really would. I'd look especially hard at Jacksonville. Good defense, running game. Except they're going to franchise him. Who, the Redskins? Yeah. And then trade him. And trade him. They're going to protect brutal. their rights and try Snyder, to get Snyder, you're just absolutely him. brutal. Just can't get away from it. $34 million, dollars, is that what that would cost? Well, for initially. It's like, what's an offseason if I don't franchise tag Kirk Cousins? What if somebody doesn't trade for him? Somebody's going to, well, then they'll just pull the, they'll just pull the plug on it. Well, yeah, and then, then he's... Back to where he is. I don't think oh, that's a March free 14th, agent. It looks like it's franchise tag day. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, where you at? I just don't no, see actually, that. No, actually, it's... I, I don't know the exact date. I was just making it up. You have to do it by, I think, February 28th. 
think that's the that's where we'll be at the combine because we the combine where there's that Tuesday so really the combine starts that Wednesday I we'll think have, we'll franchise tags transition tags yeah. all every other tag has to be done it's usually a week or two before the start of free agency which is March 14th mm-hmm. hmm. well you know we'll one one positive spin because I know Cowboys fans and and most of the NFC East fans are quite upset that the Eagles got their first Super Bowl win of course, we saw what happened to the city of Philadelphia. Tragic. But it just shows you that Tom Brady's kryptonite is truly the NFC East. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> it's a positive spin for you guys. No, I'll tell you, that's, uh, I, again, you got to give the Eagles credit. I'm looking at their roster right now. They don't have a lot of free agents. If you look at their team, you know, and, and usually sometimes when you win a Super Bowl, you have to make some really, really hard decisions on guys that are, you know, and I, and I look at, it's Blunt, Ellaby, who's a starter, Bradham, the outside linebacker. I mean, they've got some backup guys, some depth things that they're going to have to look at. But it's not like they're major starters. I mean, Vinnie Curry, Jernigan, Cox, Graham. I mean, their defensive line is all together. You know, Derek Barnett's a guy that they drafted. I mean, he, he's a guy that made the play the other day in the game, him and him and Graham. So, is Ajayi not in the last year of his contract? No. It's uh, LeGarrette Blunt is, though. Blunt is. That yeah. trade's looking pretty good. Yeah, and then Trey Burton is another one who, you know, he threw the pass. But th- th- they have a collection of tight ends there, too, with Burton, Selleck, and Burton. I mean, they're Ertz. Ertz the other Jimmy, thing, yeah. too, Brian, is they're not – now, Wentz is the second pick in the draft, but they're not paying him no. $150 million bucks. They're paying their backup quarterback a lot of money. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of that Seattle thing when they were – competing for championships with with Russell Wilson on a rookie contract right you know, it gives you some flexibility with the cap the Cowboys have that right now too mm-hmm. that's the challenge is how do you maximize this window before you've got to make a decision on how much do we pay Dak Prescott you know yeah. so for all they just give him Tony Romo's eight million dead money oh. yeah you know, for everyone I'm sorry no the, I was just saying you know we look at the Cowboys you know and it's this year. This year's important for a lot of different reasons because of, again, you know, you, you know, I don't think it's just because of what Philadelphia did. I think it's important because, you know, there's expectations that you need to do this. You know, the roster, yeah. you need to do this. It's important for Dak Prescott. You know, we had this discussion yesterday on the draft show. If this was 2019 and, and say a quarterback was sitting there at 19 when you picked, would you take a quarterback if you knew what Dak Prescott had had, had a similar year to – to 2017 because a year from now what he'll be entering the final year final of the year, deal? they're gonna to have to make a decision on him you know and, and there's this is there's a lot riding on this season for a lot of people here at the dallas cowboys a lot would it have been any different yeah i think so if philadelphia hadn't won it's the same thing no but i, I think i think no and I, I agree with that's what i said yeah but i i feel like though that overall though you look at the coaching staff you look at players there's a lot of things on the line here for this uh for this uh franchise going forward I agree with you Mick although when you watch a team in your division hoist the trophy I think it creates a little extra urgency for you I mean okay, you know so you know they happened? were you know they're a good team but now you know they're the best team in the NFC yeah and we said we the same thing about that. the about the Giants after 2007 and what was the next year 2000 12 and I said that you and ha- that, that they I never- know that you have to find a way to you know be consistent I, I agree with you, but it's still staring you in the face. He just said their team's not going anywhere. No, it's going to be a challenge to beat that team next year. Yeah, it I, is. I understand, especially but with their quarterback. We had the back. same. We had the same reaction when the Giants won the Super Bowl. 
think it was, I think it was more. I think it was more of a. I think that people respect the Giants. I don't think they fans respect the Eagles. I think that's the difference right now. Yeah, but the but the but the narrative now is oh the, the Cowboys are in trouble because the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Well, there's well a, they were still in trouble. No, even if the Eagles I, hadn't just, won. The I'm Super just saying Bowl. that it didn't as change a, anything. I'm just saying organizationally that it's an important year for a lot of people on this on this side. It Absolutely. Really, really is. We're going to take our first break, but when we come back, we will have more to discuss. Yes, it is the end of the NFL season. How will we prepare? How will we move on? That's next. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. This is Talking Cowboys. A true cowboy loves his freedom, and Tommy John gives you that freedom where it counts with a contour pouch and fabrics you can barely feel. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Thank you, Robert. We are back here in the SWBC Mortgage Studio getting ready to discuss the offseason and what is next, what happens to the Cowboys. You know, you said something about how the Eagles aren't very respected by NFL fans. I'm assuming you generalize. No, it Cowboy as fans. Cowboys fans. Yeah. There's a special kind of hate between Yeah, yeah there's there a special fans. kind of hate. More so than Washington, I believe. But do Cowboys fans respect Doug Peterson? That's my question to you guys. The guy had some some strong plays as far as being a little gutsy, doing yeah. things that we don't normally see in Super Bowl games. I mean, we saw two quarterbacks go for Go for throws. Yeah, you don't see that too often. I think. No, I think. You don't. I think he had no question about going for it on the fourth one and on, one. Fourth and one on the goal line. I mean, I think actually, I think Jason Garrett would have made that call. 
See, why does everybody say he wouldn't? Because no, he made be, those calls the year before when he had Zeke to yeah, hand the ball. That's that's where exactly. Now, the fourth and one in the field of play with timeouts at the end of the game, I think he would have punted that one. And the reason I – and I think this is where I think that, that – that this, this is where I always like talk about coaches, knowing the condition of your team. He knew very well that if he punted the ball to Brady, he was not going to get it back. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop him. So his decision there, and this is where I think that maybe Jason Garrett would have been different, that he would have tried to lean on that defense. You know, even though things, hey, we got to get a stop, we got to do this, I think that's where Garrett might have been different right there. Doug Peterson pushed all the chips in at that call because if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, then ball game. But he also knew that if he punted that he wasn't going to get it back. That's where, I, that's where I think it was different. They also couldn't stop them offensively so that's yeah. that factored in the decision too i mean they were yeah. doing everything they wanted against that new england defense as well yeah, yeah. belichick did the same thing his didn't work so everybody forgets which one was that well he went for it on fourth down the one time right and they didn't they didn't get it tougher catch for brady than uh well but Anderson's but pitch. the play was the same yeah. The gamble was the yeah, same. It was. it was. It just didn't work. Didn't work. So we don't. We forget that Belichick basically. And, and didn't they go for it on, on uh, fourth down inside the ten yard line when the guy tried to leap? Yeah. And well, it didn't work. Yeah, but you know. So when it works, you're brilliant. When it doesn't work, you took the gambles. It's. But it's not just the gambles for me. It's. It's the way he. He really found ways to make Foles comfortable running that. Oh, that's that's a, that's a great point. And that goes back to like I mentioned that divisional round. He struggled late in the season. There's no question about it. But I, I just watching that Falcons game, they made some in-game changes to kind of make him more comfortable. And I think it they gave were able him, to move the ball. Yeah, and it and gave how many him, points. It gave did him, they score. It gave him confidence. Well, they scored 38 the next week against. But Minnesota. they scored 15 against it. I, like I said, I think they found a rhythm in the middle of that game, and they carried it over to the next week. And um, so that's you know that's coaching. But I think one thing that gets lost, Tay, is that I don't think this coaching. It's people are forgetting what this coaching staff did for Dak as a rookie. It, it was similar. I mean, they found ways to maximize what Dak did well. Sure did. He wound up having the best season of any quarterback in rookie history sure in the did. NFL. Could they have done some different things this year? That's the question. Well, you know, what could they have done differently when guys went out to help him? And, and I think that's what they're searching for this offseason. I heard an interview with uh, Frank Wright, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, and they were kind of discussing, okay, you know, what was your game plan going against this New England defense, whether they showed up to play or not? You know, this was prior to the game, and he said, hey – I know they're going to go and double-team Alshon Jeffrey. I know they're going to double-team Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt. He said, that's what I'm going to use all my pieces. Everybody yeah. better be able to show up and play on the Super Bowl game. And that's what we saw. You know, that's something that I think sometimes people are questionable here when they're watching Cowboys games and they see that, of course, Beasley is double-teamed, Witten is double-teamed. But you have Des Bryant and you have other, you know, running backs that you would expect to do well, and and why have we not been able to see that sometimes? Did you not see it in 2016? Was it? I'm talking about 2017. Well, I'm I'm saying though. I what know. Was getting, the different? What was the difference? We're getting back to the offensive line talk. Yeah. What I was know. the difference? But I mean, you saw it the first eight games of the season. I think you? that's what really helped the Eagles win their game the other night too. Yeah, I know. Play. I mean, they they clearly were. They protected they, them, right? Yeah. They they, did. There was a couple of moments where they, 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 you know where. Foles had to make some hurried throws, but he was up to the task. But not every throw was a hurried throw. Yeah. I just, you know, I know we talked about Chaz Green and a couple of the offensive line guys that 
we had more expectations for that didn't pan out. But if you had told me Chaz Green going into the season, as long as he was healthy, what I had seen in 2016 wouldn't have shown me that he would have had the outcome he did this year. Well, I just I think it goes back to if the coaches had to do it over, I don't think they would have put Chaz Green at left guard to start the year. During training During camp. During training camp. I think they would have tried to develop him a little bit more at tackle, let him get a bit more confident there, you know. But that's – you know, that's now water under the bridge, and you, you learn, and you say, okay, next time if we think about moving guys around, we need to say, okay, long term, is this the best thing for the football team? I understand trying to get your best five guys on your field. I, I get that. That's that's always a good thing to do. But if, you know, if Chaz Green was better playing tackle, he should have been playing tackle the whole time as a backup and not as a starting left guard. Yeah. And I think factoring into that is I'm not sure they trusted Jonathan Cooper. Yeah, that's fair, too. That's very true. All right. Well, I've already hinted at it. Rob, your column on Kellen Moore, it hints at, you know, it still is not official official. Mm-hmm. This is all speculation and reports. That's right. Kellen Moore, the new quarterback quote coach. Been eating lunch here a lot. He's been eating lunch here. <laughs> D- Dak kind of sanctioned it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Dak at the Super Bowl was asked about Kellen Moore being the new quarterback coach, and he said that he pushed for it. He's very excited for it. But, Rob, you know, you wrote an interesting column about the three reasons why this will work, and I'm sure you got some oh, people Twitter loved hate, it. Oh, they especially loved from it. Mickey. Mickey's tweets. They loved it. Secret I, account. That's right. You've been hating What's on that? You've been sending me hate emails? I haven't been on <laughs> I'm gonna make a Twitter, Twitter in two, three weeks. I'm going to make a Twitter account for Mickey's Beard. I love it. Yeah. At Mickey's Beard? Hashtag yeah. the beard. Hashtag I love it. I love it. Um, Yeah, I mean, okay, my third point out of the three, I think, was probably the most significant. And and we've touched on this during the show in recent weeks. I I don't think Kellen Moore is the sole sounding board coach guy to lean on and the coaching staff for Dak Prescott. Scott Linehan has his fingerprints all over what Dak does on a daily basis, his development, the game planning part. I think Kellen's a piece of that. And it was interesting, Tay, you mentioned what Dak said on the Newey Scruggs show uh, during Super Bowl week. He said he pushed for Kellen to be hired in that role. And I think that says a lot about what maybe we don't see behind the scenes of what Kellen can add in terms of what he sees on the field, his knowledge of the game. He's definitely inexperienced. I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, but I think they obviously see something in him. From, and maybe it goes back a couple years from when he was injured. And, the, and he kind of was in a quasi-coaching role then anyway. That was kind of maybe an interview of sorts for him back then. So I think, uh, you know, if, if he's got the quarterback's ple- blessing, I think that's something to pay attention to and say, okay, maybe, maybe there's something to this guy. Um, could they have hired someone with more experience? Sure, they could have. But they also could have kept Wade Wilson, who's been around for 25 years, and they didn't do it. Right. So, you know, we'll just see how it shakes out. But I don't think Kellen is the is you look at him and say, oh, he's responsible for Dak's development. No, I think Scott Linehan is. I think ultimately, it, 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 and Jason Garrett, who's a former quarterback as well. Yeah. Yes, of course, Rob's three reasons were, number one, he's Dak friendly. Two, coaching is in the Moore family business. And then three, Scott Linehan's influence. So, yeah. yeah. Kellen was always going to be a coach. Now, is he, is he guaranteed to be a great, head, a great coach? Not head coach. Maybe a head coach one day somewhere. We don't know that. Um, but just because you didn't have a bunch of success in the NFL as a quarterback doesn't mean you can't be a great coach. What, what was Doug Peterson's career like? Oh, I was with him in Green Bay. I used to drive him yeah. around. He drank a lot of beer. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Held, he likes ice cream. Held yeah. Brett Favre's hand. 
He no. did. Him and Brett, they were best friends. They Aaron, absolutely were. Aaron Rodgers reportedly upset that his quarterback coach wasn't retaining Green Bay. That's Alex yeah. Van Pelt. Van Pelt, that's did, right. You know, he didn't have a Pro Bowl career. No. So, you know, I think we need to relax on, oh, God, why'd they hire Kellen Moore? How old I, is know. he now? <clears throat> Doug Peterson? No, Moore. 29. Is he 30 yet? He's No, he's, yeah, I think 29. 29. 29? Yeah. Yeah. He's been interning for two years. We'll he's see. He's 29. His birthday is July 5th. Same month as Dak. You can read into that as how you want. There you go. You know, I, I, the, the hire to me is is fine. I mean, the the one thing is, and I think your your point three is the best one because it is ultimately you've got all these guys in the field that are former quarterbacks. The head coach is a former quarterback. The offensive coordinator is a former quarterback. And now, you know, Dak's going to need somebody that he can walk into the room. And I'm sure he's got a good enough relationship with Jason or Linehan. But if he really, you know, is having a problem with something, be one thing to walk into the room there, the coach's office, you know, Kellen's office, close the door and say, hey, man, this is really what's going on. I need to think, you know, and, and he could be a little bit of a sounding board to when, you know, he's someone can sit. You got Kellen Moore now in a meeting saying, hey, listen, I, I talked to the quarterback. This is what's going on here. You know, and it, it kind of it kind of gets everybody on the same page. You know, you, you need somebody that you can go in and close the door and say, hey, I'm having problems with this. Well, yeah, help me with this. You know, sometimes it's you don't you don't want to go to the head coach. You don't want to go to the offensive coordinator. Or if you've got some complaints, yeah, yeah. I mean, to, he's you go to him, yeah. hoping he goes to them. Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, it's it's that guy that's the it's the go between. You know, quarterbacks need players need guys. Players need somebody that they could walk into a room, and then, like I said, close the door and just and have a, a, com, a complaint session. And or you know say hey man this is really working we need to continue to do this mm-hmm. tell tell Scott that I feel you know and, and he it's just a way of doing things. yeah it's, it's just a good way of doing things it's pretty funny I know I talked about this last week Rob have you seen Tom vs Time at all I have not yet. episode two came out now and this one's called the Mental Game and it talks about you know his practicing and all this stuff and you know obviously he's lost the Super Bowl now but prior to this he shows you know every day when he's like driving to work or he's been watching film he'll call Josh McDaniels and just leave him voice messages hey this is what I was thinking we should do blah blah blah. hey I saw this did you see this then they show Josh calls him back and they're like you know just having X's and O's talks right but he talks about his relationship with Josh McDaniels and how he's come up in the organization how they've kind of grown up together no doubt and their relationship and how he's always been his friend and they're hard on each other, but they understand that. And, I mean, I don't know Dak and Kellen as a friendship. You yeah. know, all I've seen is what I see on the sidelines. But I saw that a lot. And you know who I also saw that with last year is uh, Mark Sanchez. Yeah. Mark yeah. Sanchez was really good. He credited aid. both those guys for really helping. Like Mickey said, sounding board, you know. I mean, who do you – could you name who Troy Aikman's quarterback coach was? That's. I was just going to ask, who's the best quarterback coach – in the NFL, did they have a quarterback? It's a small staff. Was I don't think they maybe yeah did. yeah. So uh, actually, you know who the Nor- Norv Turner Norv took care of it, but yeah. then he left. Robert Alexander handled the receivers when Michael was losing his mind. Yeah, and then Robert Ford was involved too, but I don't think but Robert was, was like the a tight ends, ends coach. And I'm not sure they had a quarterback. Joe coach. Brodsky, was, Sam Peasy took yeah. care of yep. the offense. Yeah, you know who the court. You know who the quarterback coach was, right? It Wait, was Jason it? Garrett. He was the third, third, quarterback, third quarterback, right? And he was the sounding board. Yeah, and he said that in the in one of our walkoffs one time. Remember when yeah. he was saying yeah. that 
Troy yeah, would let like, me tell you yeah, how much I listen. Yeah, yeah Troy yeah. would be li- and he like okay, okay, you know, yeah, okay. I'll go tell him. Yeah, I'll tell him. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, like I'm gonna go tell him. Same thing that Hubbard did with Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll go tell him. Yeah. And he went and walked to the other end of the. Sean McVay, he was a quarterbacks coach, right? Shanahan, <sighs> I think so. Back in the yeah. day, day, day. Yeah, I know they were OCs, but. He was with yeah. That's if there's or, things you're going to get upset about. See that this, one's like this is this is where McDaniel comes the totem in. Pole. This because you have a quarterback that's a veteran guy, 17 years, right in the league. Yeah. And McDaniel's all his years. I mean, he was in New England, his start in New England, and he went away to Denver, came back. You know, you have that relationship. If you're a guy all of a sudden, and you're now, you know, you're my friend. You're not, you know, you don't have a high position, but all of a sudden now you get, you still maintain those friendships. You still have that trust. You know, and that's, I think, I don't have a problem with Kellen Moore. I really, really don't. Do you have a problem with the reports of Ben Bloom being the linebacker's coach? Maybe problem is strong. Not problems of not the right problem's word. Problem's not the right word. But, you know, I, I What mean, are your thoughts on it? I, I tell you what, to me, the most important hire they made was, if, if it's true, have they said Chris Richard is for sure? Have we come out and said that one yet? Yeah, Jerry mentioned yeah. Okay, yes. I think that's the He's one. He's been down eating lunch. That's the one that if you eat lunch, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're good. Yeah. I, I see these guys eating lunch. I'm not I sure. That's uh, a pretty good sign. If yeah. you've been eating lunch here for Jerry a week, Jerry Madeline would say that yeah. that's yeah, that's pretty, enough. That's enough above someone else. But I'm just I, I think that the Chris Richard hire is really good, and I and I like this because I I think I I do like the fact that he's coming in with ideas. You know he he's had he's run a successful defense. And maybe, you know, with, with Marinelli and stuff. And nothing against Matt Eberflus, who's likely to go on and work at, at the Colts as their defensive coordinator. But I, I like Chris Richard here. I think that's a really, really good hire just for the fact is you've got a young secondary and he comes with ideas. He's played against a lot of these these def, these offenses, excuse me, in the NFC. He understands that. So that could be a help. That, and I think I, he'll be more than just a defensive back coach. I totally agree. I totally agree. He will be the second man in charge, and that's it's what, the passing that, game court. It's the role Eberflus. But that's Eberflus, right? yeah, yeah. And and he's been a defensive coordinator, so sure. he knows about linebackers. He can keep an eye on right. Them. He's got help in the secondary with Greg Jackson, right? So he can kind of take a a bigger picture. Uh, I think outlook I, coaching. Ben Bloom, uh, I'm okay. Yeah, fine. That's you know that's good. I, I, I look at look at the big picture here. Look at the one that's going to affect your team probably the most. Yeah, it's ben, a, and yeah, you're right. And Ben did work with the linebackers for a few years. I think before, you know he came in with Rob Ryan. He's worked with the linebackers. He's worked in other parts of the team, and now he's Hell, Sean Lee's the linebacker coach. Okay, that's what people used to say about Peyton Manning, though that he was essentially the quarterbacks coach in his own room. Well, Tom Moore, would, Tom yeah. Moore, who was with him forever at the Colts, will tell you exactly. That. Yeah. He goes, how do you coach this guy? He goes, I just kind of laid things out for him. Yeah, I mean, well, like, Witten, tight ends coach yeah. right there. Yeah. What are you going to teach him at 15, I mean, 16 years? Pope's drills were awesome. They were awesome, yes. Yeah. Is that the one that they haven't filled? That one, and you tight know end. what? I, I don't think the, the route that they – I know there was some rumor about uh, the coach that was with Tennessee. Why am I going brain dead? The last name. Joseph, oh gosh, uh, Fagano? No, 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 no. I'll, I'll think of it here in a second. But there's a, they brought in a uh, Michael something Michael. But anyway, yeah, they, they this they, this sounds like this guy, this other coach that they brought in. God, I, can't, I hate when I can't remember names. Is going on to Joseph Tennessee Titans. Yeah, look up quarter, look up offensive or offensive coordinator Tennessee Titans. 
and then that it's terrible. I mean, playing, no, I'm not. I'm not helping you out. I, I played a couple games out of helmet, I think, and that's kind of affected the way I think nowadays. <laughs> Joe Joseph. No, it's. I can look it up here if my computer wasn't so slow. Offensive coordinator, Tennessee Titans, is what it is. The this, current one. He not was Matt Lafleur. No, it's he the, just got hired. This guy was from last year. He was a coach at San Diego. He was a Titans coach. Uh, the the. Why can't we find his name? This, bad radio. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is bad radio. Terry Rabisky. No, stop we'll it. Figure, we'll stop figure it out during the break. Stop it, Kate. You're hurting us. Yeah. Yes, we're taking our final break here, and when we come back, we have Rob's Twitter poll making a triumphant return, <laughs> and Mickey will be giving you a heads up before National Pizza Day on Friday. Absolutely. Join us after. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. This is Talking Cowboys. Well, if you've been watching the Super Bowl, you know that Papa John's Pizza is alive and well. And they are doing something that you all better be happy about. I think it's called the dual pizza. Ooh. Two layers of pepperoni. Not just one, two layers of pepperoni because it's 100% pork and beef. So that means you get 200% pork and beef on your pepperoni pizza and with ingredients like that it's got to be papa john's just when the world was getting crazy it got a little crazier they need that in more pepperoni for the the parade tomorrow to feed all those people because i can guarantee you they'll be drinking a lot of fluids and hopefully eating more than drinking there you go yeah they'll be eating dinner at pietro's in downtown philadelphia Hmm. yeah just watch out for the family salad. There you go. Jason Michael's your guy. Jason yeah. Michael. Jason, I can't. I, I'm sorry, folks. So I can't remember names. That they're, but they, I got so many names gonna, in my head. Yeah. Jason Michael interviewed last week for this job, and there was thought that he was going to get this job, but I'm kind of hearing that maybe that Jason Michael is going to take another job. So 
They like Jason's around here. It's very yeah. odd they didn't keep him. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right, Rob, Twitter poll. You go get us heated up again. This one's plain and simple, Tay. And we kind of touched on it earlier in the show. Very Eagles-themed. How close are the Cowboys to catching the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles next season? you got two options. Are they close or are they not close? What do you think? Well, well they beat them twice in 2016. That's right, they did. <laughs> They've only lost to them twice in Philadelphia in the last eight years. Yeah, you can kind of throw out those last two games in Philly. They're kind of yeah. not a great right. barometer for either team. I haven't had much on the think, line in think, either game. I think, Taylor, I think there's – where you look at their strength, well, maybe – I think that it's now a wash on the offensive line. Probably maybe they have a better offensive line. Their defensive line is better. None of their offensive linemen are free agents at all? No. Oh, my gosh. Would it surprise you that the Cowboys and the Eagles tied for 15th in sacks in the National no, that, that's, that's what No, that's, yeah. that, that is a true. That is a true. And see, Good I'm trying – I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think, though. If you look at position for position, their offensive line can neutralize your defensive line. You think, and then now you have to think about where's are they better? Are they better at receiver? Are they better at tight end? Are they better at linebacker? See, that's there's a lot of check marks in their boxes for secondary. Secondary. I mean, well, you got the young secondary. We'll have yeah, to like see. What do you they think can get better? That. Yeah, that 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 to me would be maybe you're starting to think about. Well, maybe that's a wash. I mean, they did give up 500 yards. That that is true, and and the Cowboys did the same thing against the Chargers, and then changed their secondary. Right. You know. Right. I think yeah. the person that will dictate the most of that, Rob, the answer on that is Ezekiel Elliott. Because look, okay, you can't say injuries anymore, really, because the Eagles just showed you that they showed you that they had good enough depth to maintain strong injuries, quarterback. Left tackle, linebacker, they, they showed you that. But you have to be able to rely on Ezekiel that he can be on the field for 16 games for you next season. And, of course, this season was just absolutely exhausting with his trial. And, you know, he showed you 42 days of the documentary. I don't know if it's out yet. I'll probably be watching that next after Tom first time. But Did it actually get done? I don't know. I don't know, to be sure. But – all I'm saying is that I think Ezekiel Elliott makes the biggest difference in that right now because yeah. I need him to be on the field. I don't need 10-game suspensions. I think in 2016, you would have said Prescott over Wentz. Last year, now you say Wentz over Prescott, you know, and as far as year to year. Yeah, I mean, Let's he was, see what year three brings. He, he might have won the MVP, Wentz, if he had stayed healthy. I mean, he might have he beat out Tom Brady for that award. That's how good he was uh, this past season, so – I'm with you, Tay. I mean, they they won nine games without their best player for six games. And 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 that's not good enough. That's not what they want. Um, but you know what? They've built that whole football team around Zeke. They really have. Their offense, they help out their defense as well. And uh, when he's not on the field, they're going to struggle some. And they did. Bottom line. But the answer to the poll, fans. I, I think fans probably don't think they're close at all. Yeah, but I didn't have a not close at all question. Well, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right in. The, the negative one. Whichever the negative, one, yeah. the, the negative neg one yeah. was, is the negative one. win. Yeah. 57% say they are not close to catching the Eagles yeah. season. And Mickey brings up the point. I mean, what was what was the stat on back-to-back -back NFC East champions? I mean, it's Still been, hadn't happened since the Eagles in you know, 2004. Yeah, every, every year is different. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I think, you know, Cowboys have to get better in some spots. No question about it amazing like a couple years ago you know you were yeah, there's had all the answers in you 2016 did. right you did. <laughs> you did. 
like we are changing momentum, though, with the beard. If you keep the beard, we might see some different things here. I feel positive about it. Can you keep the beard through the end of 2018? And then let's just see what happens with the beard? It won't make it till March. Oh, because he's on TV again. TV star here. No, it just gets Can we convince Jerry Madeline that she looks better with the beard? Itchy and hot. It's it's just kind of cut that drop. <laughs> I just keep listening. I get that listening. I keep thinking about the roster and your roster. I know. I I mean I mean just I looking think, at you know safety. I'm just position by position. You know how this team would shake would would match up with them. I think to me, I mean they they obviously they where where they got better was their depth got better. Yes, that's where that's where they get you, and that goes back to some of the moves they made. That that's where they made it gets a you. lot of moves that worked. So who, yeah. who, who's that on coaching or, or? Oh, that's a front office. Front office. That's Howie front Roseman. Office. Yeah, yeah that's front they office. did a hell of a job. That's really front did. office because again, if you're adding players, if you're at see, they got Nelson Aguilar to play well now. See, and Nelson Aguilar didn't play well that, for a few years. That was. I mean, that he was, was almost the a most, bust. That was the most surprising thing. I think during their stretch at the end of the season and playoffs, was that he was balling. Aguilar was just a guy. Yeah, they were down on him. Yeah, he was a first round pick, right? Yep, sure was. And 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 it's like, where's this guy? Actually, he was taken ahead of Byron Jones, if I'm not mistaken. I could make a case for him being the MVP of that Super Bowl. Yeah, because he Big was plays. difference yeah. in the plays he made. You watch him in the game and you're thinking, is that Deshaun Jackson out there? You know, he's I wearing mean, the was, same number and he's making these amazing because plays. Because they they, they, they they took off after the first catch. Elshon Jeffrey disappeared. Mm-hmm. And it was him and Ernst and the running backs. Yeah, That's what beat him. Can we do a little poll on the show really quickly? Yeah. Who deserves, I mean, now this would probably have been better for last week, but who deserves a Super Bowl more? The city of Philadelphia or Jason Witten? I think it would <laughs> wow. go to Jason Witten. I think, yeah. I think the Cowboys. Because I don't think the city of Philadelphia has shown they deserve anything. <laughs> I think two years ago, Jason Witten really believed that he was going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I do. I do. I, and I think he talks about those kids and what they mean to him and how, you know, they give him energy and stuff. That was, you know, we saw him at the end of the season. It's, a, it's gut-wrenching to watch him, you know, it, saddle yeah. up and – and not have the opportunity to go do this. Yeah, and you know we're talking about tight ends. Rob Gronkowski now talking about questioning his retirement and things like that. Taking a lot of hits. Well, elbow, why, why, elbow, knee, you head. Don't think he's serious? He'll be back. It's emotional. I, don't, I mean, if I just lost the Super Bowl, I'd be like, I'm done with football, and I hate this. That and and <laughs> yeah, he's had a million injuries too yeah, for a guy who's only 29. The concussion thing probably scared him pretty. Yeah, I'm sure day. it gave him pause because that was yeah. the second one, right? That's the second one, right. Does he look like he is so much bigger than everybody? Oh, yeah. I don't think it, it reminded me of – Great athlete. Like the, the the little deal with the, the Giants and the Lilliputians. Yeah. yeah. He was such – Gulliver's Travels. But yes, know, I was, he was so bigger than everybody else out there. <laughs> Gulliver's Travels. Travels. You know that him and Nick Foles played together at uh, – Arizona? Arizona. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, U of A just breeding athletes. Bear down. Where's Scooby? That guy. Where'd he end up? Scooby was with the Browns. Oh. And now okay. I think he's on the street now. Oh, man. <laughs> Scooby Wright. Life will hit you fast. Yeah. That's you fast. Yeah. No, I mean, Rob Gronkowski, he is a hell of an athlete, but it's just always crazy to see after these games, these guys, what they go through and what they're dealing with. But the tight end position almost was revolutionized with him. Just re-upped, you know, because it was kind of getting 
a little stagnant, and then everyone was like, okay, tight end. I, I, yeah, he, yeah, 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 he became he was like he he is like Tony Gonzalez 2.0 in terms of just this freak pass catching tight end. But that's, now the argument is Witten yeah, is, but see, does that, everything. For that's him. where Malcolm Jenkins came out. Did you see what he said? He says when you play against Gronkowski, it's like playing against a combination of Witten and then our guy at Kansas City. Oh, Kelsey. Kelsey. Oh, he said it was a combo. He says it's like a combo of those guys. He says, imagine putting those guys together and forming one tight end. That's what you get, having to deal with that wow. guy. Wow. Plus, he's big enough. He, do you see the block he threw on oh, the yeah. line of he, scrimmage? Oh, yeah. Oh, that one where it's just domination? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Glad you brought up Travis Kelsey. You know, it's not often that you see two brothers playing in the NFL. We we see it here on the same team. But, yeah, Travis Kelsey, I think you – you said Kelsey might be the best center now. I'll tell you what he's, yeah, he's he, him and Travis Frederick, you know, Mac in Atlanta. They've they've got some quality centers in this league. But I'll tell you what, uh, he's he's fun to watch. He, I don't know if he he's he's not the strongest guy, but the leverage, the mobility, second level stuff. He, he's he's always on his feet. That's what you got to have. That is incredible. Yes. Now someone who is both an Eagle and a Cowboy, Terrell Owens, is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, officially class of 2018, joining names like Randy Moster, Kramer, Brian Urlacher. What are your thoughts? Brian Dawkins, too. Brian Dawkins. That one doesn't sit well with me. T.O.? No, Dawkins. Oh, Dawkins. He's he's putting his hands up. You 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 want to go into it? Like Dawkins over Woody? Or Dawkins over... Everson Walls? Yeah. Well, I'm, talking I mean, about this, I'm talking about the safety position, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the safety position. John Lynch would probably say something like that, too. Yeah. I mean, okay, he had 37 inter- career interceptions. Can I can I speak on just my experience? But you it's saw you. him, so. No, I, I saw him, and I was with him in Philadelphia. And Brian Dawkins has the qualities of Darren Woodson. He does. He might. He is not the player of Darren Woodson. But he has the qualities. The game meant a lot to him. He was a great teammate. He was passionate about the game. You know, he played it the right way. You know, I understand where Cowboy fans have their, you know, with Emerson Wall, Everson Walls and stuff. I I get that. Jerry Kramer was going to get in. I just felt that was going to happen. If you talk to the voters, they were, they were hopeful, but they kind of understood what was up. They were up against. But I, 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 I do know this about Brian Dawkins. If, if there's a guy. He is the Darren Woodson of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's how much he meant to them. And so I, I, when he, again, my experience just being with him, I respect that the way he is. But, you know, I, I would like to have seen – I was surprised two wide receivers got in, to be honest with you. Me too. You know. Oh, I was almost feeling – which is kind of an odd. It's a different perspective that right. I have here. You know, in the past two years – I will give credit to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, what they've done digitally, showcasing the moments that happened. I think everyone saw Randy Moss, his reaction, and showing. I I guarantee you, most NFL fans three, four years ago would not have known about the knock and the call, the way that they've broadcasted that now. And, you know, a lot of it we all learned with Jerry Jones. But, you know, the way that they've done that now. And then what T.O. did last year following his denial the second year in a row as a finalist it almost seems like are you just scared of him on social media are you scared because you're going to get this backlash well i mean i know his numbers are there he wouldn't be there oh, if sure, they weren't but sure third round pick tennessee chattanooga i mean wow. yeah you look at his numbers and he should be in off of his numbers yeah and then it goes back to the polarizing 
attitude and relationship with teammates. But to me, you know, and I, we covered T.O. And the thing about him that is so fascinating is like, yeah, there's people who don't like him, but there are teammates that swear by him and love him. You know, and who were names off the top of your head? You know, the fellow receivers that he played with. You know, I think he tried to, you know, mentor some of those young guys. Um, am I wrong? I mean, he's an incinerator. It's my quarterback. That's fair to to have that opinion. That's a lot of people have that opinion. I'm just saying based off of his numbers, and it's hard to say he was an had off the field problems because he was never in trouble with the law. And there's guys that have gotten in the Hall of Fame that were in trouble with the law. So. He's, he's, I don't know. He's a fascinating yeah. person to me. I, I've, I've never been able to quite figure it out. But when I saw that the two <clears throat> receivers going in, it just seemed like, okay, are you guys scared of his reaction again? I don't think that had anything to do with it. I don't know. It's a, it was, I think they felt like he waited long, long enough. It like was their third, punishment. It was the third time. Yeah. And because you look at his numbers and ballot Hall yeah, of Famer. But his numbers say he could have been. He could have been. Yeah. So maybe two years, look three up years. What, look up what Bill Polian had to say about him. Oh, I know. He's oh, not my. for everybody. That's for sure. He didn't leave here on great terms, by the way. No, because no. he incinerated the locker room yeah. last year. Once he got his money, then it, all bets were off. I had a coach tell me he is one of the most single most dividers that he's ever had in a locker room, that he divides players, that he doesn't, you know, and, and what happens is he doesn't – he. <laughs> He, he doesn't do it outwardly. Yeah, but what he does is he takes the players that are on the bottom of the rosters. If and you ever notice, them up. yeah, if you ever notice, his friends tend to be the guys who are player 50, 51, and 52. Empowers them. And, he, and then he kind of like kind of gets them into his corner and stuff. And then he goes against But I had a head coach. It was a long conversation about him. He said, one of the most talented guys he'd ever been around, but he says he will divide your locker room in a heartbeat. Yeah. He's the high blood pressure of locker rooms. Yeah. Do you ever, you guys have any good stories about him in this locker room? Any interesting things? I mean, fans every know? every day was just interesting. I mean, every day it was, you know, the, the media is trying to bait him to say, you know, an explosive the, headline, and a lot of times they got it, the, you know, because if if they were losing and he wasn't getting his numbers, I mean, he'd let you hear about it. Strangest, publicly. the strangest press conference ever was the Parcells overdose press conference when. T.O. supposedly overdosed. That was one of the craziest days of my life. And he had 25 million reasons not yeah. to do it. Yeah. His age, his uh, handler. That whole thing. Parcells just got up and quit. Parcells says, I'm not asking. He said, no, I'm not no. going to be interrogated for no reason. And he got up yeah, and just, just left. stormed off. Just left. They had a press conference when he, he came back from his house and reported to – it was an off day or something. Yeah. And he showed up and, and they called a pre- – Cowboys called a press conference with Bill. And Bill, Bill did Bill, not want to go out I don't out know there. if he knew exactly what he was walking into, but he got just interrogated about T.O.'s situation for about 10 minutes and finally just had enough and walked out. Well, you could talk to Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> that was something else, man. And well, you Did know you what? watch the two Bills? I did. It was very good. It was good, wasn't it? I need to see it. it yeah. He, he yeah. messed over Bill Belichick like he did a lot of other people. I forgot the end of the Jets thing. Oh, did you have the Cleveland one? Yeah. He didn't tell Belichick could have been the coach, head coach of the Cleveland. I mean, of the uh, New York Giants. Right, right. Didn't tell him. Didn't tell well, him what he was say, doing. He did the same thing to Zim, right? Absolutely. He didn't tell Zim that yeah. he wasn't going to come back, and he yeah. waited and waited, and Zim took the job at Atlanta. Right. 
Otherwise, he might have still been here. Real quick, I was hoping I, – I had some hope for Everson Walls to get in. You know, you're not a finalist for 20 years, and maybe then you're a finalist. It's like, well, then maybe they're ready to take the step and put him in there. Yeah, the Jerry Kramer one, had. Yeah. he'd waited longer. Yeah, but yeah. Kramer was a senior. Committee Everson guy. was yeah. still eligible. Was he? So now he goes over to the senior well, category? Well, he's got to wait five years. Before you become a senior candidate. We'll see what happens. Man. Oh. Mm. Well, thank you guys for joining us today on this Talking Tuesday. It's always fun to talk about Super Bowl, but not so fun when it's not us. So, you know, there's always next year, the famous saying. So, there's always next week when we'll be back. Join us next Talking Tuesday. Thank you, Rob, Mickey, Brian, Kent. We'll be back then. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!